attention tonight to the book of 1 Peter, chapter number 2. 1 Peter, chapter number 2. And tonight we'll start our reading in verse number 13 and read through verse number 17. As uh, here in this text that we're instructed about being model citizens. Model citizens uh, to the society and to the country in which we live. So tonight, 1 Peter 2, 13. The Bible says this, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. Let's pray together. Father, we ask your blessing upon the reading, the preaching of your word tonight. And God, we need you. That's that's it, God. We need you to speak to our hearts, Lord, from your word. May your spirit uh, do the things only he can inside of us. Here's our prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Tonight as we uh, look in this text of scripture, uh, last week in verse 11 that he says that we are strangers and pilgrims. And so in verse 11 and 12 we're reminded that this world uh, is not our home, that we are not to get too settled in here. And now uh, Peter tells us how that we are to live while we are here. Don't get too settled in. But while you're here, there is a way in which we as believers are to live. Uh, There is an aspect that we're kind of walking a tightrope here in this world as we do uh, that very thing. Now, we're not to love it, but we're not to despise it. Uh, That we're not to get too uh, settled in, but we're not to live in rebellion in this world either. That ultimately that God has ordained authority and that society, that a country must have order or that it will cease to exist. Uh, There is no way that a country, that a people's society can can go on in anarchy and chaos uh, for a very long period of time. Uh, That it requires that there to be order and so that Uh, God saw fit that he would instruct us that we are to uh, live uh, in submission in that area of our life. Now, I think part of the beauty of this text of Scripture is that the guy that's writing this is the one that chopped off Malchus's ear in the garden, all right? Uh, The one who took things into his own hands. Uh, He's the one who writes this. So, Isn't it amazing how that God works in lives of people like Peter and transforms the way they live and the way they think? You know what, I believe that that should be the case in all of our lives. Some things that Peter felt passionately about and that he jumped the gun on as a younger person in his young walk in the Lord that now... Uh, looking back in his life, that he would do things a little bit differently. And I think that we could probably all uh, have that uh, testimony. Some ways that we handled things in our younger years may not exactly 
be how we would handle it today. And so that's how Peter, I think, that he approaches this text, approaches life, and now gives us this uh, beautiful text of Scripture. In verse number 13, the first part of 13 there, he gives the command to submission. The command to submission. He says, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Now, it's quite a command. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. Submit yourselves. You know, we as uh, believers that we are only under God's authority. However, however, that we are only under God's authority, but God, whose authority we're under, says that we're to be under a civil authority. All right? So, so therefore, uh, that we are to be under the authority of, the, of a government and of a civil uh, institution, so to speak. And that we are to do that in a uh, wholeheartedly sort of way. Unless, unless that what the uh, civil institution, the government says, is contrary to God's word. All right? And that's what Peter himself gave testimony of. In Acts chapter 5, in verse 29, he says, We ought to obey God rather than man. All right? And so he brings that, I think, there in, the, in, the God, in Acts there. It helps us to bring some context to it all, that we ought to obey God rather than man, that even man's authority... Uh, that, it, that it has authority only as it does not contradict uh, God's authority and God's word. But he says, submit yourself. You see that that's a very, uh, very personal, uh, personal address there. Uh, it's not about somebody else, but it's yourself. Submit yourself. And so it's for us to wear this for our own self tonight, not to worry about someone else. But the word submit... It's a military term. It means to fall in rank. It means to get in, in, in position. It means to uh, get under your commander. And so uh, we have a command from our commander uh, that we are to submit ourselves. Uh, Paul wrote in Romans 13.1. Paul writing this. He says, let every soul be subject Unto the higher powers, for there is no power but that of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. And so Peter and Paul, heavyweights. There's no two greater heavyweights in all the New Testament than these two men. And both of them address the fact that we as Christians, that we are to live in a God-honoring way under the authority of our government. Now, uh, you know, no doubt about it, that, that I, that you are probably like I am, uh, that sometimes I struggle uh, with the messed up leaders that we have. I really do. I struggle with all that. Uh, but nonetheless, I believe that we have a responsibility to them, and I believe that we have to uh, put in our minds and know that the two heavyweights that wrote about us being under subjection and submitting to their authority, Paul and Peter, that both of those men lived in a culture and in a time of the Roman dynasty and where they were not, uh, they weren't 
all about fairness. They weren't all about treating people correctly and with equality, that they did what they want to to whoever they wanted to. And so that these men, they were not living in a society and a government that was all good and righteous and holy, but they were living under men that were evil and many people said they were crazy. And so when you put that in the context, that helps us to understand our position, what it should be as Christian people. Now, we, by God's grace and His goodness, that we have the privilege of living in a democracy today, and therefore that we have a voice, that we have a vote, and that we need to use that in a way that influences our culture positively, that we need to use that in a way that glorifies God and that sets our country on a course of action that will find itself under God's blessing, I believe, all right? I believe that that's only, only right, it's only of good sense that we do that. In 1 Timothy, all right, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, he says that we are to pray that we are to pray for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. And so, big time, big time guys, that they remind us the importance of us as Christian people having a place in society that honors God and we have responsibility to stand up, speak up, do what's right, but we are to pray and support those that God has in authority. You know what I was, and I'm, I'm posing this, I just want you to think about, think about this. Because uh, I, I struggle with this myself, so I'm, I'm, I don't know all the, the answers to all that, or all what I'm going to pose to you, but I want you to think about it. You know, uh, here this past week, and, and you know, you know the Stinsons, you know, we're, we're gun-carrying, flag-waving, that's just who we are, right? That's just it. You know, this, this past week uh, in Virginia, the governor there, he tried to, ban, tried to ban assault weapons and things such as that. And it wasn't but a couple of weeks ago that they had a, a rally there and they were, you know, kind of curious as to what would come from all that and people in the streets with their assault weapons and, uh, you know, some pretty, you know, pretty mean stuff they were packing there in the, in the streets and, you know, and... Uh, I'm, I don't know, I'm tempted myself to get those t-shirts that said, yeah, they'll get my gun when they pry it from my cold hands, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm tempted. I'm tempted to, you know, wear maybe a Sunday morning sometime. I don't know. <laughs> you know, and, and I, you know, and I, I really feel that way in my heart, all right? But I, I don't, I don't know how that lines up with scripture. I'm not sure. And I'm not for sure, as I start thinking about that, I'm all about ready to give my life for them to take my gun, but I let them kill babies every day. I don't know about all that, do you? Yeah. But how, how are we to live? If we're, real, we're ready to die for our guns. Am I re- ready to die for another ba- for a baby getting killed? I'm letting them do that. I don't know. That's things I think about when we try to line up 
the Word of God with our lives. That's practical stuff. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know when you look at the founding of our country. And it seems like God blessed and God did miraculous things for us to be here today. But at the same time, I don't know. When you look in Scripture, that's never promoted. I don't know. Stuff to think about. All right? I don't know. So, we see the command of submission. Secondly, we see the reason for submission in 13b. 13b. He says, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. For the Lord's sake. Now that gives the explanation of why we're to do it. So we are not to submit in order to stay out of trouble, and though yet that will be the end result, that we are to submit so that the Lord will get glory out of it. It honors God. When we as believers, that when we are the model citizens, so to speak, when we find ourselves doing our part and carrying our load and standing for the things that are right and volunteering and this and this and this, then through that, that God gets the most glory through our lives and obeying human authority, that we are obeying God's authority. When we obey human authority that as a byproduct is obeying God's authority because God has put that in place. And so when we think of that in, in those terms, that it puts it on a different playing field. When we submit, we're the best possible witness to a lost world. In Philippians 2, 14 and 15. Do all things without murmuring and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and a perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in this world. So that we're living in, a midst, in the midst of a crooked and a perverse nation. And so that you and I, that we, our desire should be to shine brightly as lights in this world and that we do that as we live blamelessly and we live harmlessly in this world. Now, the realm, the realm of submission, look at the end of 13 and 14, the realm of submission. Uh, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of them that do well. So, we see the realm of it is that through the, from the king as supreme, and really, really it kind of starts up a little further. He talks about that that every ordinance of man, that means every institution of man, that, that government, whether it be a police department or a judicial system or that sort of thing. And then he goes on to say a king or a governor or someone under a governor. It's a very 
The ordinance is a man, the human institution, a very broad term. But whatever it is that God, that whether say the judicial system, that God has, has brought them into our lives, into culture, into society, in order to, to bring peace, in order to bring uh, order, to bring structure into our lives. And it must be, there will be no society, there will be no country if there is not order. It will not happen. Let's take it to the school system. Let's think of the school system. And there must be order in the school system. There must be. If there is no order, there will be no education if there's no order. And we're, you know, I believe that uh, today's educational system is, is fighting, fighting for its life in all of this, so to speak. Because there's a lack of order oftentimes. There's no respect, right, for authority. That's what it boils down to. No respect for authority. You know, I don't know about in your house when you grew up, what, what you did. You went to school, you got, to, got in trouble at school, you came home, you got in trouble at home, right? And that's the way it should be. I believe that from my heart. We tried to practice that in our house uh, with Laney Gale. Uh, don't come in here saying it's the teacher's fault, that blah, blah, blah. You, you know, tell that to the judge. You're getting in trouble, all right? But, but what we see now is that the kids get in trouble in school. They go home, and the parents march up to school and say, well, why did little Johnny get in trouble? Little Johnny hasn't ever done anything wrong. You see that they're undermining authority. And so, and now we're reaping the benefits of that all throughout culture and all throughout society. It just doesn't work. So it's important that we as Christian people, that we teach our children in word, that we teach our children in how we live our life to respect authority because that will haunt them for the rest of their life. They'll not hold down a job. They'll, they'll, get, they'll get blown up about something. They'll quit. They'll this, they'll that. And it's all because they have never learned how to respect authority. And so it's important that we get this. These ordinance of men, the word ordinance is a word that, uh, that creation comes from. It's a word that means foundation. These things are foundational to a society. They're foundational to a, to a people. And so he says for kings and governors and those sent by him, he says it's all different levels of authority. Whether it be the highest in the land or it be some lower a lower ruler in, in the nation, that they are to be respected and they are to be revered. It's Peter. It's Peter writes these words. Nero. He was the one that was calling the shots. Ultimately would be the very one responsible for Peter's death. Peter said respect him. Be in submission to him. Why? Now here's a good definition of what government should be. All right? He says, for the, uh, for the punishment of evildoers 
and for the praise of them that do well. That, that right there in a nutshell is what a government should be. That it should punish those that are evil and that it should, that it should help and should praise and that it should promote those that, are, that do well. And, that, and I hope and pray that we as American people, that we can understand the importance of that and that our government will do those things. And I'm, you know, I'm not a big government fan. I believe as little interference from the government as possible. All right? I believe that with all my heart. And so we see that punishment and praise and then a nation is protected by that. All right? Now, in verse 15 and 16, we see the result, the result of submission. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. So Peter's desire, and I believe that he expresses God's desire ultimately, is that those who are contrary to the gospel, uh, those who are unbelievers, who are uh, pagans, who are you know, anti-Christ uh, in their life, that they should have a hard time finding anything to criticize believers about. They, they should have a hard time. They should have, struggle, struggle finding something to criticize a believer about. He says that in our well-doing, see, not just in our lack of doing bad things, but our well-doing. I, I've said this a lot lately, that we, we, don't, we don't simply need to be known for what we're against. We need to be known for what we're for and what we're doing. Positively. What are we doing to help this culture? What are we doing to help our community? It says when we do that, that we silence. We silence the ignorance of foolish men. It means to muzzle. It means to make speechless. They have nothing to say against us. He talks about these foolish and ignorant people. When he talks about ignorant people, he's not talking about somebody of low IQ or lack of education. But he's talking about those who are willfully ignorant of truth. Those are the people. And there's plenty of those around as well. But Paul says in Titus 3, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawler, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish and disobedient and deceived. Powerful words there. Now in 16 he says that we're to be as free, not using our liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Yes, that we as believers in Christ, that we are free. What are we free? We're free to live under Christ. That's what we're free to do. We're free to live out our faith in a real way. 
We're no longer under the finger, under the thumb of Satan and the flesh, but we're free because of what Christ is. We're free to live under the desires that he puts inside of us by his grace. And so we're to use that freedom to honor the Lord and not that freedom to challenge and to rise up against government. He says that we're to be a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. He uses that word slave or servant there. It's, uh, ser- he says, as the servants of God, this particular word that he uses here for servant, it's the lowest rung on the ladder. And so that's how we are to consider ourselves, that we are nothing as servants of God, but yet we are. And so as freedom in Christ... A freedom in Christ is a call to serve. Our freedom in Christ is a call to serve our country. It's a call to serve our fellow citizens. It's a call to serve our brothers and sisters. And lastly, in verse 17, what I says, what I says, what I says is the bottom line of submission. What I say is the bottom line of submission in 17 honor all men love the brotherhood fear God honor the king well there's a lot said in verse 17 you could you could take that and go a long time with what it was just contained there in 17 but he tells us that we're to honor all men he says that Each and every person walking upon the face of this earth has been created in the image of God. And that all people have worth, all people are due respect, all people are due honor because of that by virtue of us being an image bearer. Not necessarily anything in of ourselves. But but because we bear the very image of God, as James 3, 9 says, as Psalm 100, verse 3 says, as Genesis 1 and verse 26 says. And so the setting, again, the, the setting in which this is written. That perhaps that no other time in history has a society been so segregated, even as this one with all the different classes that there were that differentiated people, all the different ways that people were allowed to be discriminated against, remind us in our lives that we need to be very careful that we do show great respect and honor to all men no matter No matter if they're old or they're young. No matter if they're white or they're black or they're rich or they're poor or whatever. That it may be that we show a common decency and respect and honor to mankind. That we sure that we must be having awareness about ourselves. And we must act in wisdom as we go through life. But as we do that, that we are evaluating character and conduct and those sort of things. And that we are not making uh, just uh, outside judgments upon people that we are to show honor and respect, even for people that we do not agree with. 
And my goodness, don't we as Americans, don't we as a president, don't we as congressmen, don't we as senators, don't we need to learn that? Common decency and honoring of all people. May God help us that our speech honor God. Honor God. That we always do that. And that's one way. That's one way in which we let our light shine before men. All of us. And he says that we're to honor all men, that we're to love the brotherhood. Now, you would think this would be a given. This should not have to be written down. But it did. That we still today, it was true 2,000 years ago, it's true today that we as believers must be reminded in our lives that we are to love one another. And it's not a suggestion that it's a requirement as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ that we love and it is a choice that we make every day. John, John the Beloved. He enjoyed writing about this. In his gospel, he quotes Jesus in John 13. A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. As I have loved you that you also love one another. And by this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. He said it pretty well, didn't he? Jesus put it just right. Right on the line. Then he says, fear God. Friends, when we do that, that'll put everything else in perspective. When we get God in the proper place in our life, it'll take care of a lot of that other stuff. When we fear him, have a holy fear of God. Not that we're we're afraid he's going to mistreat us. But we have a great awe and respect. We live, live in reverence and that we trust him with our whole life. That's honoring God. May God help us to do that. And really, this has all been about that. And then he wraps it up where he started off. He says, honor.